Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. My friends, I am so glad you joined us for this awesome episode in what has proven to be an outstanding series full of exceptional women who exemplify what leading strong in our world looks like. This leadership series has affirmed for me the exact reasons why I focused on amplifying women in this podcast, and each story has bolstered my spirit and inspired me to lead as boldly and passionately through the mission in these messages more than ever. Today's guest is someone who inspires me deeply, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. Anytime I have been fortunate to be in her physical presence, I literally feel as if I've been hit with a jolt of sunshine in a bottle. Holly Labby is a joyful Enneagram 7 who is committed to enjoying every moment. She is a born entrepreneur and leader in both the for-profit and the non-for-profit world. She started a business, Holly Labby Photography, and is a co-lead pastor at Movement Church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. In this episode, we learn how Holly discovered her passion for entrepreneurship and began to embrace using her passions to serve others through her photography business, as well as in her ministry. Holly shares her experiences with failure and gives us an empowering message about resilience. Holly's wise and confident message will remind us all the importance of leading through strengths to steer our ships best. I am deeply honored to share with you Pastor Holly Labby's leadership story. Welcome, Ms. Holly Labby, to the In Awe Podcast. I am so excited to have you on this series and to have my listeners just get to know your amazing story today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, Holly, I think it's going to be the best conversation I've literally had in weeks. I'll tell you what. So I want to make sure that my listeners are here a little bit. I introduced you in the bio, but would you just share with them if they don't know who you are, what you're up to and where you're at in this world? Yeah, for sure. My name is Holly and I co-lead a church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin called Movement Church. And on the side, I also run a uh, photography business that's kind of a national uh, kind of traveling all over to different states. And um, that's just been super fun. Love being creative. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. So I love it because um, listeners, if you're catching this episode fresh, you know that we're just kind of in a really interesting time in our world. And so I just heard you say that you're starting a church and that you also are traveling a lot. What is your, what's going on in your world right now as we kind of face the starting of this spread of COVID-19 and kind of some thoughts that you have playing on your mind right now that the listeners might want to listen in on? Yeah, you know, Sarah, this is kind of shaken up the whole landscape of what uh, leaders are having to uh, solve a lot of problems that they've never had to think about right now. So that is a really good question. And as a church, um, we are processing how to continue to create community and the people that call Movement Church their home while keeping our church family and the city that we live in safe and honoring that and honoring the leaders that are making decisions above us. So that's kind of where we're at right now processing that. And unfortunately, in the wedding industry, it's taken a huge hit right now. We are having to cancel weddings. It's really a sad thing. But um, we're doing a lot of uh, small family weddings where bride and groom will get married. I'm still going to go and be present there and take pictures. And then we're going to probably have to end up starting to reschedule receptions where family from all over the country can come and celebrate together. Do you know, I hadn't even honestly thought about that one, you know, in the, in the school, in the, 
education industry. We've been talking about all the things that are getting canceled in life experiences that students are kind of missing yeah. out on. I've, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about the pain that they're missing out on state championships and musical productions and this fear of graduation. But I mean, that's the wedding day is kind of a significant one. So this is another corner that I hadn't even thought about. Wow. I know it's been really tough to hear brides just call me and are heartbroken that they can't have their big celebration on their wedding day, but we're trying to make it as exciting as possible. Well, and that's what I love about you, Holly. And I know my listeners are just like, oh, she's great because, well, a couple of things. One is that you, you're you leading, you're co-leading this church. And I want you to be able to talk about both of those spaces that you're leading yeah. in. Um, and you just, you sound so wise and kind of discerning and confident in this space, which is really important. And so I'm glad we touched upon that topic a little bit. But then you've also got this wonderful uh, flourishing business for using the God-gifted passions and skills that you have. So I think that's awesome. So do you want to start talking just a little bit about, like, let's hear about your leadership journey, because that's a series we're on is Women Who Lead. And it sounds to me like you have a long life journey of that. So do you just want to give us a little insight into your world on the leadership aspect? For sure. And honestly, Sarah, when you reached out to me about this series, I was so excited. And I'm like, this is a book title right here, Leadership. Oh my goodness, I loved it. Um, but it got me thinking about so many different things. And, you know, leadership, I think, is something um, that I didn't know was part of my personality until I was in college. And I was that little kid at the park, like telling everybody when to go down the slide. Okay, go ahead, your turn. And uh, my parents always <laughs> said I was very strong willed in that way. So I guess I've kind of always been uh, a leadership oriented person. And um, being able to step into that in my adult life and kind of see the common thread throughout my journey has been really fun to kind of dive into that as we've been talking about leadership. I love it. And I, I'm also kind of chuckling because I know that we're going to get into this idea of the various ways that you've been trying to find your path to and your and listeners, I want you to hear, first of all, I have been connected with Holly for a couple of years. Um, she and her husband were a part of the church that I attend, and now they've branched off and created this wonderful, wonderful church community. Um, but I love just watching this kind of this journey of leading play out and that image of you yeah. telling kids that it's their turn to go down the slide. <laughs> it makes me think of my own kids. And I'm like, okay, pull it back. I know these things about leadership and I know these things about young women and, and it's so good. So I, I needed that real time reminder right now for my own kid. <laughs> So I love this, this idea that it's kind of been a lifelong path that you discovered. And one of the things that I know about you is that you're in a Neogram seven, right? Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. Enneagram seven. I stalk you on Insta, so I know these things about you, and I'm definitely an, an Enneagram 7, and I, and I know my listeners have heard me talk about that. You're a 7 too? You're an Enneagram 7 too? Totally, yes. Let's unite. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Uh, so I love it. And I think about like this idea of entrepreneurship, if you want to go down that path with me, part of that sevenness is just that like, you know, you see so many opportunities. And I'm wondering if you've seen that align with your um, kind of stop start and kind of where you're ended up now and, and basically fueling a couple of different passions in the way that you lead. Oh, my goodness. Yes, for sure. And it was really interesting because I was for a long time, the person who was I call I called myself a serial job starter where I would, I, I mean, I had a job at Cutco Knives. I had a job at a nursing home. I did all of the jobs. And I really struggled with finding what my passion was. And I knew that I loved people and I loved being around people, but I could never, ever, even as young as high school, 
see myself working a nine to five job in an office. It was just not something that I could envision for myself. While all my friends were going off to college to be scientists or to be math teachers, I just was like dreading the idea of having to do something that would require me to be inside working nine to five traditional work hours and not really experiencing the world. So that was definitely part of my uh, decision to become an entrepreneur because being able to experience all of these different things has been something that has brought me so much joy. Well, and I love that so much because when you think about uh, listeners, if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it's just a really interesting assessment to just kind of determine some of your core personality characteristics. And one of the pieces that I love about it is this idea of, you know, um, how this manifests in a healthy way and how it can manifest in an unhealthy way. And I just heard you talk about all the best parts of being a seven manifesting in a healthy way that's not only serving you, but it's serving so many wonderful people that you're in contact with because you're engaging in those passions, which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about, like, do you want to talk a little bit about the church and kind of your experiences with that? And, you know, what does it mean to have a, you call it a startup church for my listeners and just share a little bit about your journey there? Yes. So um, my husband and I both have been in ministry for the past six or seven years. We um, got married, moved down to Atlanta got into ministry, started working at a big church down there. And I thought it was the funnest thing ever because you really get to be able to be with people and you get to do almost everything there is to do. Uh, When you're working at a church, you kind of, (laughs) you kind of have specialties in certain areas, but you really get to do what you're passionate about. And so that's been really fun. And we lived in Atlanta for a few years. Then we moved to Michigan and we were pastors at a church there. I was a children's pastor which is like so fun. You get to hang out with kids and you get to hang out with parents. It's really fun. And then we moved to Wisconsin and we uh, planted a campus with a church called Red Cedar Church. And over the past few months, we've been uh, really just excited that Red Cedar has launched us out as an individual church plant in the city that we live. So it's just been a blast. We've been loving it. And I love how optimistic you are about that. And so, I mean, you just launched out as a plant. What are some of the things maybe that you didn't expect in kind of traversing this route that you hadn't done before? Because I mean, you're not just serving in the church, like you are leading it (laughs) at every level. So what are maybe some of the things that surprised you in this process? Yeah, I think some of the things that surprised me were just, you know, when you own something, when, when you have, when you're the person that lives, eats and breathes it, Um, there just comes a new level of responsibility. And it's been really fun to co-pastor this church with my husband. And I know so many people are like, how on earth does that work? And honestly, I don't know 100% of the answers right now. We're still definitely working on figuring it out. But we've been able to work within our strengths. And that's been the best thing is my husband's uh, very visionary. He's out two to three years of, of plans and dreams that he has for the church. And I'm really, really good at executing things. My, I don't know if you've heard of the Finders. Have you heard of the Finders test? Oh, yes. Yeah. So share a little bit about that. I want to okay. hear it. So my number one is woo. Um, that means I just like, like I can make people laugh and make people happy, um, which is super fun. But the second one is activate. That's amazing. So I love being able to just activate plans that people have and put them into action. 
So those are functioning in our strengths has been something that I didn't expect would come so naturally, but it's been something that has freed us up to lead in the space where we know how to lead best. That's so good. Oh my goodness. I love it. And I love that you're a wooer. Okay. So let's talk. I'm so grateful that you're willing to share that, you know, and listeners, if you haven't taken the strengths finder, such a really great way to kind of look at yourself. And, and I think a huge part of this is just hearing you talk about your journey, being comfortable, confident, self-aware with who God made you to be, who you are and, you know, leading from that space, which I just think is so powerful for all of us to, to walk into because I think this hard, this leadership is hard enough uh, when you're trying to lead within organizations or whether you're leading your own organization, you really got to know your strengths and how you can balance that out. So I love to hear that you and and your husband do that for one another, which is really good. All right. So Holly, I'm so grateful that you shared all about that awesome experience of the church. It's just been such a joy to watch that, you know, kind of from the start and just um, flourish and unfold. And I just wish you both the best um, in serving in that community. And I'd love to hear about your entrepreneurial spirit with that photography business. Like what prompted that? And, um, you know, how do you gain the skills to have such a successful side business that's become something so great? Thanks so much. Yeah. um, I think this is something that was a transition for me as a leader. So before I started this photography business, I was working a nine to five job and I was just finding that I had all this extra creative energy and passion, not even creative in the sense of, you know, oh, I want to create something new, but just, I wanted to do something that I was passionate about. And I found that, man, okay, what can I do that gets me out with people that I can travel, even have people pay for my travel. Like what can I do that allows me to, uh, make money, but really honestly do what I love. And I think that's really the heart of every pun. Um, that's the heart of every entrepreneur is they want to do what they love and they see a need and they know how to meet it and they want to, and they're passionate about it. So that was really what led me to start this photography business was I was working that nine to five job and I could tell at five Oh one, I would open up all my photography stuff and I would work on it all night. And, and then the next morning I would go and go to work and then 501 again, the next day working on all my work and really was just, I, I realized Um, and I wish someone would have told me you can do two jobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think it's so, it's so, um, non-traditional to do two things that equal a part-time or a full-time job, two part-time jobs that equal a full-time job. Um, and I've been, I've had the blessing of being able to step into that, but I think being able to pair these two jobs together and figure out, yeah, it takes some work to figure out how two part-time jobs can coexist with each other, but I don't know if I'll ever go back to having just one job. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like it's a nice fuel to your passion. And I, you are very gifted listeners. I'll make sure to link Holly's, um, information, but you should definitely check out what she's able to create behind that lens. And it's just a really beautiful mission that you have to take people's moments and make them matter for them. So thank you for, for doing that too. It's really cool. Thank you. And they really actually bleed into each other in some ways. I've been able to use so much of my photography for our church to get, you know, our website up and get um, content on social media. But it was interesting just the other day, I was talking with one of my brides and she's actually, her wedding's in two weeks and she's having to cancel her wedding. And um, 
I'm still going to go down there and we're going to capture her, you know, saying the vows, but we're going to have to reschedule her reception. But it was interesting because I felt God prompt and he was just like, pray for her. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the phone and she was talking. She was like, I don't, I'm not very religious, but I know you're a pastor. Would you mind like saying a prayer for me? And Mm -hmm. in that moment, I was like, can I pray for you right now? And she was like, I'm going to start crying. But it was just a really cool moment that, man, I think our passions intersect with what we do day to day. And how can we get good at figuring out how to integrate what we love doing into the workspace that we are? That's so good. And it is really interesting to note, you know, because you to have to divide yourself in those passions, which are very important, must be would consider to be a pretty significant challenge, I would assume. Yeah. For sure. For sure. There are a lot of Saturday nights that I'm driving back from Chicago and I'm getting up to do church in the next morning. I get home at 3 a.m. and get up and do church. Um, But I wouldn't have it any other way. It's just been like so fun to put myself out there and try something. And it kind of brings me to this idea of like failing. And I think um, as we talk about lead her ship, I would love to hear the story of all of these women that you're going to interview in this series. And I can't wait till these podcasts come out to hear about how women navigate failing and success in leadership. Right. Because there's a lot of that. And so I I think you probably have something really good to say. Uh, What would you say about what it takes to continue? Like, I don't know if, do you have this idea of like failing forward or um, what does failure mean to you in this, in this role of leadership? And I, I guess in any of these experiences that we've talked about, or maybe your history or what you see for others. Yeah, I think that's so good. Uh, Any entrepreneur will tell you that they probably have two to three failed businesses (laughs) before the one that actually started working. So before my photography business, I had two failed uh, other creative uh, businesses that that did not get off the ground at all. And I could have totally, I mean, I was, I spent two entire wedding seasons not making any money. So I think it's just part of, you know, when you're starting a new business, being willing to put on the line some money and some uh, (laughs) even pride to see something succeed. Mm. But I think the biggest thing is that life isn't about success or failure. It's about experience. And I think when I started to realize that the success of this business has so much less to do with like how I feel about myself than the experiences that I'm getting from this job, this potentially successful or potentially not successful business. I love what you just said there, that it has so much more to do than what you feel about yourself than the actual success of the business. So you want to peel that apart a little bit because I'm thinking in regard to whether we're entrepreneurial or we hold a titled role or uh, that we're paid for or our leadership Mm -hmm. is leading our homes. You know, there's so many different ways that women Mm -hmm. lead. And I think that what you said just has such a beautiful universal, like, universal quality to it, that when we start tying our identity to that idol of the title is kind of the way I call it, that we kind of fail. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. And I, I just, for me, that's, that's been such a beautiful epiphany that I've discovered when I removed my, my title, like my principal title. And I felt so unworthy <laughs> because yeah. success or not success, whatever that was, it was like, that's how I had identified. And I just had to be super mindful about that. And I've learned it over time, but I don't think we all spend that time. And even now I got to get back to that and reminding myself that it really isn't about how I feel about myself. It's, it's how I'm serving through my mission. Right. 
Mm, that's so good. What did that, do you want to share a little bit about maybe how that, um, that experience of how you feel about yourself with those failures? How could you rise back up from that yourself? You had those two businesses that didn't go, like what made you move into the third, <laughs> you know, three strikes you're out or what? Like, what was it that got you moving? Right. Well, part of it was I had invested all this money in this camera gear. So I was like, I'm going to make this at least make me my money back. <laughs> no. Um, but I think, I think a huge part of it is I, I switched my expectation and, mm. um, I really started to say, do I love this? Whether or not I make money. And that's been a huge part of my ministry journey too, for the past two. Um, well, let's see for the past few months, I have not been taking a paycheck from the church and, that has, it really checks your motive. When, when the pay gets stripped away, are you still willing to do what you're passionate about? And so for the first few years of my photography business, I didn't make money off of it. And there have been times in my ministry journey where I haven't made money. Um, but I've been working 40, 50 hours a week with a church. And I think so much of it comes from your expectation. Hmm. Are you doing what you love because you love it? Or are you doing it because of your hope for success or even hope for a paycheck. That's been, and and I know my sister is a stay at home mom and she does not get paid to do what she does either. Um, but she loves mm. her kids. And I think that's a huge, when we take away the expectation. So Holly, I've been investigating this and I, you know, I love to hear what you have to say about that. You know, I say this idol of a title and I think about the, the mission. So this podcast, funny timing, right? Like I don't make any money from this podcast. And, and so my, again, my, my daughter's like, like, why do you do it? And I said, to use my God gifted passions to serve. It's such a joy to um, amplify women and to share their stories. And then when I hear from, from listeners to be like, oh man, I needed to hear what Holly said right then. Like it landed. I thought that's my job. That's my role. It's, it's what drives me to continue to do this. And, you know, that's the work that I've personally been doing in the last year and a half is just setting my mission because um, God had called me to teach masses. So what does that look like now? What it means that I am to employ my passions and skills with excellence and intention for the best of the people around me to impact them in all areas of my mm. full life. And so I think what you just said should hopefully resonate with listeners to know that whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're working for someone else, whether you're, um, you know, just feeling a passion, it will turn it, it will be blessed, you know, somehow, whether that's finances or, or the way you impact the world around you and the legacy that you're living, it, it will definitely pay dividends. It's just, how is that going to look? <laughs> so I have a couple of standard questions that Holly, I'm just dying to get to because I know you've got a beautiful message that's just sitting right inside your heart. So could you, uh, can we venture down that road? Totally. Awesome. So the two standards questions that I have, the first one is if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? I love this question. Um, okay. If I were to write a letter to myself at any age, I would probably say, um, maybe 18. I feel like that was a, a pivotal year for me graduating from college or high school and moving into college was a really hard thing for me because I didn't really want to do a traditional job, but I knew I needed a degree, all of these, you know, things that you're processing as you transition into college. And if I could write a letter to myself, it would be on a note card. It would be a note card letter. <laughs> It would say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's going to be okay. I love it. Short and sweet. Okay. So this next one um, is, I just, I feel like the timing of our interview is so totally perfect. And I know that I know, for example, we're all living in a good amount of fear and there's just a lot of unknown in our world right now. And I think as your leadership journey has indicated in the conversation that we've had, there's been a lot of unknown in your life too. Um, and so I'm just curious if, if we have listeners that are finding themselves in that pit of fear or doubt and they need to hear Holly's voice to help rise them up out of it, what could you say today? That's a great question. I, um, I honestly would want to sit down with every woman and hear their story. I think that there's power in stories. And I've come to learn um, that life is not as simple as um, even a 20 to 30 minute podcast. I, you know, I look at blog posts mm. and read books and consume content. And it always seems like people have it figured out that their story is, has been simple. Um, and I think a huge part of that is because they're on the other side. So I'd want to sit down in the middle of someone's mm. journey and say like, where are you at right now? And I have, um, been a very close friend with fear and doubt in the dif- in different seasons of my life. And when I first moved to Wisconsin, there was a, a, a six month period where I was just in a, in a, in a depression where I was really confused as to what my purpose was, what my end game would be, what, like, what, what am I supposed to do now? I've been moved away from my family. I am in a new city. And so I think that fear and doubt has been something that I've experienced a lot of in my journey. And the, through a lot of self-work, I always encourage people to go to counseling. That's been a huge part of my journey um, to learn about yourself and to have somebody kind of hold up a mirror in front of you and say, this is what I'm hearing you say. (laughs) Is this true? So that's Hmm. been helpful. But the word that comes to mind when I think about this is the word savor. And I think that so much Hmm. of our life situations have a beautiful story in them, even in the hard, painful seasons, there's a story to be written. And I think that so much of our dissatisfaction with our current season comes with not being able to see the gold of the season that we're in. I met this woman when I lived in Georgia and she, Hmm. she was kind of my mentor. She was a mom and she was a pastor much farther down the road than I was. And we would meet every other week over coffee. And I was 20, 21, 22, newly married, newly in ministry. So I felt like uh, like a awkward kid walking for the first time. It was like, I just had no idea what I was doing. And she, I would meet with her and I would, you know, word vomit all of my life problems on her. And I would tell her all the drama of my family, all the chaos of everything. And she would uh, let me finish all of my, you know, rantings about my life. And every single time she would look at me and she would say, what's going on in your life that you love right now? And you'd think I would have gotten the hang of her asking me that over Mm. and over again, but I always forgot that she was going to go there. But I think that uh, a lot of times we can't find joy because we're not looking for it. And I heard a quote that that said, um, what you see in your season says more about you than it does your situation. And so I think that my experience through doubt and fear has been understanding that I can find joy in any season. 
So, and, and I love that message so much. It's something that resonates very deeply with me. And in fact, um, this morning, just this very morning, I'm, you know, I'm posting about seeking treasure, right? Because there's the biblical truth with that, you know, that we need to seek the treasure. And I, I think the listeners, mm. I think what I'm seeing anyway, in the current reality is that people are more than usual looking for that treasure. I, are you seeing that or are you seeing something different right now in your own like news feeds and the world around you? Is it really fear-driven or are people looking around and trying to see the beauty of the circumstances? I'm just curious. It's, it's interesting watching the COVID-19 kind of expose the internal workings of people's hearts. And so mm. when you get on social media, you see people deal with trauma and pain in so many different ways, either through humor or through anger or through fear or through, you know, they're reaching out to all their friends, checking on them. So it has Mm -hmm. been very interesting to kind of see the landscape of how people and including myself deal with the exposure. I was listening to this podcast just the other day talking about um, what happens when we discover a disease and it brings dis-ease into our Mm -hmm. hearts. I was like, wow, that's good. But that that is true that a disease not only um, disrupts the health system of people, it it disrupts people's heart systems as well. That's so good. And I think even for a time other than this, you know, outside a pandemic, that really makes a lot of sense, you know, seeing people that get a diagnosis that are able to um, Mm. move through that dis-ease in a way that shows that they are confident that they too can get through that. You know, I've been so inspired by people um, when they handle the challenges that they've been faced. And I often wonder myself, like I always say, I, you know, there's nothing I can't face. And then I wonder, well, and I think about that when I'm running and I'm meditating or I'm praying and I'm sitting, you know, outside and the beauty and connection with my savior. And I wonder like, okay, but in reality, how would I do? And I wonder about that. And so I'm thinking that I'm listening to your words and I'm picturing this beautiful 20 something meeting with a nice sage mentor and sponsor in her life, just reminding you even in those moments and what an impact those words had that you can now re-gift to us because we do, we, we definitely need to make that to-do list. (laughs) Yeah. So good. All right. Well, Ms. Holly Labby, I am just so grateful that you would take time out. I know that you have got a lot going on and you sharing your words today, your message that I know is meant to land for somebody right now and in the future, whenever it comes to them. I'm so grateful that you would do that. Would you let my listeners know, they know that I'm going to link your contact information, but is there a way that you prefer to be contacted? People can even totally email me. Um, I will, I can give people (laughs) my phone number. I can give people my email. Uh, I just love connecting with people. So there is a a lot of different ways people can connect with me. So you can link my email right in the show notes if you'd like. I'll do that. That just made me smile. I love the way you respond. People <laughs> can even email me. It's like we don't even use that anymore as a gateway, like a right. direct contact. You can love text it. me if you want. <laughs> Holly, thank you so much and so many blessings. I cannot wait to share your story. And I'm so grateful that we got connected. I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.